areas. The first is the guided meditation. Secondly, is a talk on the theme. And thirdly, uh, there's opportunity if you wish to ask questions. Those questions can be in the written form um, through the chat on the right hand side or um, in the spoken form. In other words, you can uh, come on screen on the front here and uh, ask a question uh, that way. So uh, with the period of time we have the, uh, this evening, um, I'd like to import, speak on the importance of language, communication, its relationship to liberation, to uh, freedom. Quite often in the, uh, uh, the Dharma world, uh, there is a lot of emphasis, rightly so, on um, mindfulness of the body and our relationship to it, mindfulness of um, heart and mind, uh, the application of uh, meditation to the dynamics, to the processes of heart, mind and body. And uh, the teachings uh, have given, a, I would say, a rather equal emphasis to body, speech and mind. And it seems to me quite often that speech, both the spoken and the written form, is the kind of poor cousin. So much practice and attention towards liberating the being goes on the body or on the mind, heart, mind, uh, here, feelings and thoughts. Some reference to speech and language, but nowhere near as much uh, as perhaps it, it, perhaps it does, it needs. So initially, in this uh, guided meditation uh, with you, I'd like to uh, uh, give a guided meditation with some uh, reflection to accompany it. And of course, uh, to wish each and every one of you uh, much appreciation for taking uh, the, uh, the time to uh, uh, come to this uh, Sunday evening uh, period. And I have to say a little bit of relief that uh, the clicking, which is a little bit random selection on my part, actually uh, came together. So with the sitting posture, to sit uh, uh, tall, as I often say, um, uh, upright, certain presence of the posture, and making the, this uh, a guided meditation. <clears throat> and the reflection will focus around the speech, but initially, First two or three minutes uh, in the uh, sitting tall and upright. And do please uh, remember as much as you can the benefits for the whole heart, mind and body with this posture. As the yogis of uh, India We'll say it is the maha asana. Uh, maha means great, asana means posture. It is the uh, fine shape of the body. So we're just sitting with presence. Just resting in our being.
one of the important principles, shall we say, of these teachings and practices. Worth remembering, whatever occurs requires causes and conditions for it to occur, for it to present itself. And this therefore applies to speech, to communication, to language, as much as anything else. In this uh, meditation reflection with you, I'll keep to uh, speaking, but have in mind too, please, the same principle applies to what we write. Still sitting. Being rather still, this contributes to receptivity. Being quietly, inwardly focused. in our inner focus to deeper areas in our heart-mind, perception and feeling. What we perceive and what we feel about what we perceive. This is a truly significant mindfulness, meditation, reflection. So I will repeat, in the deep of the being, what do we perceive? What do we feel about what we perceive? This clarity is primary. We might say right now there is a perception, a perceiving that we are sitting. Perhaps there's a feeling of uh, uh, interest or connectedness. Not saying that this perception or what we perceive or what we're feeling is, is somehow absolutely true. 
but it's rather precisely what is being perceived in this experience or in this time, what's being felt in this time. From the meeting of what is being perceived, that means recognized or known or observed, what is being felt, the meeting of these two very easily lends itself to the next condition, which we might call thought. Words about, ideas about, thinking about. So one is a, I mean, perception and feelings, they are conditions for thoughts, other conditions as well, but we're just looking at these at the present. So the thoughts are under the influence, perceptions and feelings. So we're not trying to get rid of thought, not feeding thought for its own sake. Finding a middle way between the extremisms trying to stop all thought or indulging in it. Is the thought which arises healthy, wholesome, calm, clear, The thought can be one of the important uh, conditions, you know, might say causes, that moves to speech, to what we say. So there is a contingency, a causal sequence, perceptions and feelings which have their own causes and conditions contributing to the way we think about things, contributing to what we say. And so the view and the feelings or the intensification of the feelings, emotions can enter into the speaking. 
our practice is to regard this movement, this uh, inquiry, reflection, as important as meditating on the body, meditating on the heart, mind, the formal postures in the retreat or in the silence. We are equally interested in the wise freeing up of the voice. Clarity with this movement may free up the voice to share, to make clear, to inquire, to state. Clarity with the movement of perception, feelings, thoughts, concepts, ideas. May signal to us to something to let go of. Not beneficial to enter into the field of communicating and speaking. So we can know a freedom to speak and the freedom not to speak. times we may say, oh, I haven't thought about this before, and we speak. Maybe the case. Might be rather spontaneous and wise, or foolish. In these teachings, freedom of speech is the wisdom of speech. Not just saying the first thing that comes into our mind, nor the consequences that can arise, or the suffering that can arise. May all beings be mindful of what we say, 
may all me beings explore the causes and conditions for what we say. May all beings express wisdom through our perceptions, our feelings and our views. Thanks for lending an ear. That's kind of the, the usual sip of water, don't go away. <laughs> so I take a, a little while to uh, just expand with you on the on the theme. Um, Generally, some small pointers, some um, points to uh, remember, some tips. Uh, there. And in the, the composition of a human being, sometimes in the tradition, as you know, might be called aggregates, but I prefer the rather find it easier, the composition. Three primary areas, as mentioned to you a few minutes ago body, speech, and mind. Uh, each one of these mutually dynamic, mutually uh, influence, and therefore the uh, waking up of there, uh, the vitality of the clarity, recognizes the interconnectedness and in interdependence of all three. So the the world of speech isn't playing uh, a secondary role compared to uh, meditation. If, if a person said to herself or himself, I am going to make my primary practice real mindfulness of what comes out of my mouth, or what my fingers do with the keyboard or the piece of paper with the pen in their hand, made that the primary practice. It could be life-changing, not only for oneself, but for the recipients as well. This is what I have in mind. So sometimes people would say, oh, I did a retreat, I meditated for a little while, on a regular basis, perhaps in the morning or in the evening, but then it kind of faded away. So, what about the other 23 plus hours of the day? Uh, what about making mindfulness of communication a real practice? This is an incredibly fine practice, and it's about what I share, offer, communicate to others. Sometimes in the public forum, I mean, you're a speaker, you have a, a, a letter in your local newspaper, you uh, have a one-to-one -one with your partner, your neighbor, many opportunities for this. So here are some of the uh, uh, points, rather drawing on the, the, the Buddha's reflections uh, on this, of course, uh, there. So amongst the foundations of the principle of communication, it's an important one. Um, is it true? And is it useful? It can be true, but it's not useful to say. It can be useful, but it's not true. So to give a small example, of course, there's plenty of them. Why do I suddenly find my, my mind turning to our politicians here? And what I have in mind here, sometimes with our politicians, unwilling, unable, in fact, to be with what is true, wish to put out a pleasant feeling picture a pleasant feeling and say oh it will get better it will improve you know the, this is the pandemic and so forth and there is a postponement 
of really attending to something because it feels difficult to say if they know. Teachings are about speaking what is true and what is useful and explaining it clearly and honestly and having a trust that, that that's more appropriate than postponement. So one of the questions that we, that's you and me, may ask ourselves: do I keep avoiding saying something which might need it might need to be said and that avoidance generates stress for ourselves and if the person she or he is known to us they would probably pick up there is a contraction inside of ourselves so it's a core question here what is true and useful and if there's an avoidance or a keep postponing what's the voice i need to find in myself which stays true to the principle of true and useful and a language an empathetic language so this can be heard so a quiet meditation here would be to reflect a little is there anybody in my life i need to have a, a person-to-person -person communication with which I've been putting off for far too long? Do I need to find out whether she, he or they wish to have the engagement with me? They may not. And sometimes that could be a parent, a brother, a sister, a colleague at work, a boss, a neighbor, a client, is there anyone where in this world that I know where I really recognize my perceptions and my feelings and my thoughts about is requiring some application? And to check out whether that is possible with whoever he or she, they uh, may be, that's one. <clears throat> Second aspect in terms of the communication uh, uh, there is four primary considerations because we're interested in the causes and conditions. I, I was just um, doing a little writing today and one or two of you may know this person, Mahagosh Ananda. He was a Cambodian monk, one of the most solitary monks and broke out of the, shall we call it, the shell uh, uh, of that. And in his hut, we were in the same monastery together, he had lots of cards, like postcards, pasted on the wall with some lovely points of Dharma. And he would put them up and read them out to himself. Uh, there. And time to time, he would invite me in to have a coffee or a cup of tea with him and one of them on the wall fairly uh, obvious one but it's a good one the, he, he wrote there is no self there are only causes and conditions now we could meditate on that for a lifetime and it would be quite insightful so taking out the self 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 all the fears and positivities and negativities and hopes and disappointments out of that equation there are causes and conditions what are the causes and conditions to which will be effective and helpful for oneself and other in a communication so it's true and useful voice needs it needs some reflection what voice will be heard from you from us and other conditions which go with with all of this is uh, it's the right person and it's uh, you find the time the place and the topic as best you can we can to cooperate these things together 
if you need to say something really, really important in life, the environment matters. Where, with whom, what are you going to, to say, and what's a suitable time for this? Because what may be suitable for you, for us, may not be suitable for the other. So if you put maximize the conditions, the cooperation together, with empathy, that's the, the deep feeling element to this, with accuracy, may allow something exchange to take place, which isn't judgmental and reactive. <clears throat> the other aspect um, of this, uh, there's some situations uh, in our life where we know we need to reflect more on. So it's the other way around. The person comes to you. She, he or they uh, expect you to have the answers, have an answer, have a solution, have a resolution. And sometimes we don't. The genuine feeling and perception inside is maybe I haven't reflected upon this enough. It's really not clear to me. I'm not sure what to say. There. If there is identification with the role, there can be the ego then can react to it. Oh, I should know. The outcome of that voice is not always, but talking around in a circle. The person within a minute or two knows we haven't got a clue what we're talking about because we can't acknowledge and we don't want to admit to ourselves, hey, I don't know. It's not clear to me. I haven't meditated on this enough. I haven't reflected on this. I haven't experienced this or whatever it might be. And it's a quiet strength in life. And the humility, which is the absence of ego, that's what humility means, absence of ego, which is able to stay with the fact, as clear as we can uh, see, and just state, I do not know. Uh, that. And the outcome of that could lead, hopefully is, to some uh, further reflection, perhaps talking with those who could or might know, to some reading, plenty of whatever topic you and I have an interest, we'll, we'll find online somewhere, we'll meditate and see from our experiencing, it can come together. So just to reflect just a little bit here. It's the liberation of the voice. That's what we're speaking about. Not just talking about being a good speaker. Not talking about having nice things to say or, or being effective. This is more important. It's the liberation of the voice. So with that, true, useful, perception and feelings leading to thought, or reflections or inquiry leading to the voice spoken or written uh, there considerations of the right person the right time right means the best appropriate useful place and subject uh, and we start bringing these conditions uh, together and this would contribute to our freeing up of the voice what's precious about that is the mindfulness um, which carries with it some reflection, some clear comprehension. So we don't get some foolish idea that if I'm just get in the moment, it will all get clear. There's no evidence for that. So some reflection is important and 
if you have in the days ahead a communication which is important for you or important for the other, please do a little reflection. What are the small essential points calmly, respectfully and clearly I wish to communicate? What are they? Can I remember to breathe? And in the act of communication, the talking uh, that takes place, the feeling aspect is really important for people, not just the words, but the way we speak. If it's hurried, it's more difficult to listen to. If it's patient, it's easier. So there's empathy, moderation with the voice, no raising of the voice, not interrupting the other, putting all these small conditions in to maximize the opportunity for some mutual insight. <clears throat> and I, I would say, this is a great practice. It's not a practice, at least I've found anyway for me, it might, might be, not a practice of, oh, I've practiced all that, I've got it. We will not last very long like that. Someone's going to come along into our life, either in the written or the spoken, and kind of remind us that we might have a long way to go in the liberation of the voice. <clears throat> but especially if we feel any view of, I got it. Oh, dear. Anything in life, I've got it. This isn't a liberation, it's a a frozen spot. It's a kind of contraction. It's infinite expressions. So we're saying, in summary, here in a few minutes, all the meditations with regard to the body, all the meditations with regard to the inner life, the heart and mind, yes, and all and equally uh, the meditations with regard to uh, 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 the voice. It can be helpful uh, in our um, uh, exploration of the voice, in this case, um, uh, in the written. Um, most of us, I'm sure, um, um, receive a fair number of emails <clears throat> as one of the communications. May use social media, the the Twitter and the LinkedIn's and the, the dreaded Facebook and the Instagrams and the uh, uh, others. I'm rather happy to see it's quite a lot of good boycotting going on on Facebook at the moment in terms of the advertising world. Even the Labour Party is boycotting, which is rather progressive. Anyway, so there's all these outlets that we can put them uh, on. With the spoken, if it's not recorded, it tends to be um, with you, and the other actually might be, for a fairly short period. But if you write it, it can be around like a few minutes short of eternity. It can stick. So the, uh, uh, a sports commentator, football, um, mentioned on the television that he once said of the Manchester United team, you can't win anything with kids, because lots of the players are 18, 19 and 20. And they won, the kids just won about everything, these young guys there. And this one liner, he has become famous for. So, to repeat a little bit, be mindful of what you write, what you put out on social media. And it's not unusual that sometimes when people are applying for jobs, 
and they that means let's say the company is not sure who to offer the job to they might go to a person's facebook page and see what kind of stuff they're putting on their facebook page and that would help them to make their mind up some things we say or sorry uh, which we write there we can fire off i was going through some family letters writing this memoir and my um she won't mind me saying my my beloved sister had written a long agitated letter and the outcome of that it created a few waves in the family for a little while uh, uh, etc and then when my mother died she left me a whole packet of letters one of them is one of these letters so just say what we write can have a continuity and the reoccurrence at any point because people sometimes do not forget and sometimes they do not forgive so mindfulness true and useful extra care with what we say extra care with what we say and it's useful and if it's recorded extra care with what we uh, write and having that freedom as well to not to respond to the, what the tradition calls um, noble silence it's a very precious fact keeping our silence and if you are under the harsh and sometimes cruel or unkind or unjust unfair voice of the others who may not be interested to hear our voice our response there is a certain quiet dignity and integrity in the noble silence meaning we can't respond we may need to respond later we may need to hold the person or persons accountable we may need to take really important steps but sometimes in the face of the situation nothing we say will make a scrap of difference we keep our posture we keep our presence we keep our uh, noble silence and we just learn to stay steady and then we can find a way to respond that's another point uh, there and finally finally uh, the tradition has made much use much um, emphasis it's called expression of god so you know divine abiding but it means a, <clears throat> an outcome of god outcome of the some of the best in us and this is appreciative joy and this really the expressions of this to others is really really important and particularly with countless numbers of people who have a hard view of themselves who regularly put themselves down do not feel good about themselves and it can be hard sometimes for us who are as it were not in her or his mind to see that we think this person such a precious person such a you know a kind and thoughtful person and give themselves such a hard time and the appreciations true and useful from another which might be us to her to him to them drop by drop can really give the person a reminder that deep down they really are okay that this is just a, a, a whole an old habit so we might ask ourselves is there anyone in our life and i mean anyone in our life who needs our love needs here uh, factual expressions of appreciative joy uh, there 
And sometimes, when we're a bit reactive, I notice sometimes, I might write an email, then I have a slight uneasy feeling whether to press that dreaded send button. So my uh, uh, view is I'll sleep on it. It might seem urgent, but if I've got a slight uneasy feeling about what I'm just about to send off, I'll sleep on it. And loads of times I've, I've deleted it the next morning. I mean, they're not that bad, the response, but I delete it next morning, or I've just softened it a little bit, make it a bit more easy to read, uh, etc. Uh, so please practice freedom of the voice, the liberation of the speech. Please notice the movements from the inner to what we say and what we uh, write. Do look at the causes and conditions which make communication the most uh, effective. Uh, regularly express appreciation to people in a whole variety of ways. And if something needs some attention, your voice needs something to be shared, don't contract. And that might be on a big situation, be a whistleblower. We need whistleblowers, they're really important people there. And uh, we need to communicate effectively as a practice, lifelong. All right, I've done enough. Let's have a, the quiet minute together as per usual. And then um, it's an invitation for anyone to um, put something into the uh, chat box, but let's have the quiet minute. <clears throat> All right, uh, everyone. So, uh, any um, uh, responses? I'll just go and have a look at the the chat world. <laughs> I don't know it chat. All right, All right. Right speech is. I'll just get the specs on there. Here is uh, such an important area of the teachings, as has been well said. It's more important what comes out of my mouth and what goes into it. I'll comment on that in a moment. And silence is also part of the practice. Sometimes I find that my friends simply want to be heard. They just want someone who will listen without saying anything or giving any advice. The silent listening for me is an expression of love. Good point. So, <clears throat> Uh, when things build up for people, and of course the, all of this lockdown, the lack of hugs and sharing, the social distancing and all this which has affected millions of uh, lives, uh, means that things will build for some people and it's up to us to, as the person is kindly pointing out, just being able to listen. And it might be that if we listen and just from time to time ask the question, a question in the listening, it's a bit of a practice because sometimes people go on and on and on. So you need to find posture, steady, calm in the being, very meditative, hearing the words pass through the air, asking the questions and staying uh, with it as much as is appropriate. If it feels like it's uh, getting too much uh, there, then it's important to have the, uh, the trust and the confidence that you can express that to him, express that to uh, her or them, 
uh, and thank the person. And one of the skills in the listening at the end is to be able to give a very brief summary distilled the essence of what she he communicated you just come to the end and if you can just check with the person from my understanding this is essentially what you've been saying what you've been pointing out uh, there and it's like skill can come across the the person will feel listened to and as the person just points out there and feel loved if, if when we feel heard and understood we also feel loved um, and i know it's sometimes said about what comes out of our mouth is more important than what goes into it um, uh, there and a few you know, plenty of wonderful great teachers past and present have expressed this uh, view but um, I'm one of those who regard what goes into our mouth as pretty, really important as well. And the consequences of healthy diet, moderation with what we put into ourselves, will give us extra energy and uh, strength in life, if the genetics are reasonably okay, of course, uh, there. And also gives extra protection to our beloved uh, animals, in this case farm animals, but also wild animals, and all the consequences with the virus as an example of this, and our environment. So I'd say we're big enough as creatures um, to really take a real interest in this little spot in the whole body. <laughs> what goes out and what comes uh, uh, comes in and just finally on that sometimes my beloved dharma friends are very, very sweet invite me out for a meal <clears throat> i'm not much of a social butterfly with these uh, things but I, I personally don't find it easy having a kind of deep conversation and eating at the same time you know it's like i'm a little bit food uh, 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 etc. So lovely to go out and uh, enjoy a lovely meal and, and with others. But for some deep things in life, the voice to voice, the sharing to sharing, uh, is uh, is really really precious and mutually supportive, and it's a confirmation of the power of love. Let me have a look just below again. <clears throat> I'd like to ask a question about wrathful speech. <laughs> when is it is needed to be strict or strong speech? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the wrathful, I, we hear this word, I think, um, sometimes pops, pops up in the, uh, the spiritual Dharma Buddhist uh, uh, world. <clears throat> so, if I may just, if I may just let go of that particular uh, uh, word uh, there. There are uh, times when firm, clear speech, and I include the written as well here, genuinely is significant. That a point is to be made, the voice has to be steady, very well informed, extremely precise, because if there's a strong voice with projections and reactivity in it and blame and attack, it will not be heard. There's not a chance. Person may hear it later, even that's a bit remote. So the firm voice, the steady, clear.
clear voice, calmly spoken, really is important. But it's, as I say, with any voice, but the voice needs to be extremely precise, very accurate, a memory which is spot on. So there's more chance at that time of being heard. But having pointed out something, it's not enough. It's Dharma language, like it's just the first noble truth. So what that means, it requires some communication with the strong voice, if you want like the word strong, firm, clear, unwavering voice, of what are the steps which will change the situation. Because the person with the, the voice wishes for some change in some way or other. So what the, the person may not know. So the skill is following up with the voice of what are you going to ask? What's it, what what um, is the tone of voice that we're going to speak in? So the person can then feel this is really important. It could be a, a crisis. It could be a, a real change is needed in behavior, let's just say like that. And speaking up one's not treading softly because the person will reject it. And one's following with the voice with reflection and inquiry. If you haven't got the tools or the idea of what you wish to come out of it, I'm not sure if it's any point in speaking. We've got to not only speak about the problem, in a way, it's also to communicate the way out of it and to have some dialogue in that direction as well. Then there's some chance and possibility. I see I'm on the eight o'clock time. Yeah. So, I find for myself on this that it doesn't happen very often, you know, the kind of voice that the person there, um, but it does happen. And <clears throat> one's got to, as I say, be clear about it and to watch the mind afterwards repeating the dialogue. I said this, he said that, she said this, I said that, whatever it might be about. Understanding doesn't come through the repetition of, oh, I should have said this, why did they say that? Understanding won't come that way. So we want to look at the causes and conditions rather than at the self of me or the self of the other to see what is the wisdom and clarity and insight that can come out of this. So we've really learned something out of it. And if the voice is too strong, it's easy. Apology. If one felt one was over the top with the voice, one tells the person so. And really acknowledges with one's own heart that one was too strong. It was a wrathful voice. It was, there was aggression in, a, uh, in it. It was disrespectful to the person and to... Uh, let the person know. Right, done. Hour has gone by. Thank you for uh, uh, coming on this uh, uh, evening. Uh, there, let's just have the usual uh, quiet moment together to just to bring to conclusion. <clears throat> mm -hmm.